Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. All right, we're back for another episode. This is day eight of the East Meets West Hunt Daily Podcast from Colorado. We're sitting in a hotel room right now. It's myself and my dad again, and we're going to recap day eight, the last day of our hunt, and um, kind of just go through some some quick you know, lessons learned from the trip and some things that maybe we would change going forward. So... Day eight was uh, started out kind of eventful. We saw elk right away. Yeah, we uh, decided that we were going to glass from the truck uh, at daybreak, and uh, which we did, and indeed see elk. Uh, one of the groups it was actually the upper group that we had seen the night before. Um, the lower group um, that we were actually hoping to see uh, wasn't there no more. Um, whether it already they had already gone to bed or had moved further across the hillside we was yet to be uh seen yeah so um the, yeah the upper group and what he's referring to is there was two different groups of elk the day before there was a group that was high right up above um right basically along the cliffs that are over twelve thousand feet and then there was a couple a little bit lower in that like 11 four range and we were hoping that the lower group was going to come out it would be a little bit easier to put a stock on with a plan where the upper group was just completely unreachable. So we saw the elk come out. I think we only saw seven of them though. Yeah. We only seen seven in the morning there the night before between the two groups. It was like 28, I believe, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like 14 or 15 on the top group, the high group. Yeah. And I said the lower group and you're right. There was only probably about 500 foot difference in elevation uh, between the two groups. The, the lower group actually was still pretty, pretty well up the, up on the mountain yeah but they were actually accessible from from that standpoint or potentially so then as soon as we once we spotted them um we didn't know when the next group would come out whether that was going to be later in the afternoon like they did the day before or if they were going to come out that morning yet and there was kind of like a hidden valley that we couldn't see so we looped up around and we wanted to keep take advantage of the downhill thermals. So in the morning in this spot until about nine thirty in the morning, the thermals would come down the mountain. So that would have the wind in our favor as we went up the ridge. And so that's what we did. We went all the way up and we made pretty good time. We climbed, I think somewhere around 1800 feet and hour and a half somewhere. Yeah, there. It, it was fast. Yeah. We did a good time. Yeah. Um, so we got up there, but we were quite a ways away because we didn't want to go you know up the middle of the, the basin to be able to rest being seen and also you know smelled if the sun came out quicker and warmed up the mountain changing the thermals so yeah we came in from that opposite side did some glassing trying to see if they were hidden down into the other little parts of the basin there and uh we didn't we didn't see them at all so we just kept you know kind of moving trying to figure out a way to locate them and as we talked about yesterday, we had an issue with being kind of cliffed out to even get to the elk. And that was that was a struggle, again, trying to get over to where they even were the day before. But um, we, we, did, we did find a way. We did find a way, but... Yeah, we did. And you did a lot better uh, uh, than you did the day before as far as your phobia. 
Um, yeah, it, yeah, it did very well actually. Yeah, I don't know what it was the day before, but yeah, we did. I did a little bit better with um, not having the trees, you know, right below me there, and, and able to scale kind of the side hills a little bit better. And um, so, so we got over to where the elk kind of would be. We we dropped down a little bit of elevation off to the side where we could glass where they would come out of the pass and hopefully be able to move in position without them seeing us or anything along those lines. But um, they never came out. And then in the meantime, we realized that there was another hunter in the basin and he had went directly up the middle of the basin, which obviously once the sun warmed up the mountain, just blew everything out of there. So, yeah, so that was, uh, that was kind of disheartening there that the, the elk didn't come through there, but we did wait uh, and see if they came back out in the afternoon, like they had the day before and with no luck there. So, um, with that being said, you know, it was getting closer to evening, closer to dark. And we decided to, to drop down, um, back towards the truck and we ended up basically tearing down base camp then and heading out. It was our you know, last day available to hunt there. And that was, that was about it. We did find even more good mule deer sign, but that's not what we were looking for on this, in this particular hunt. So is there, is there anything specific over the last eight days? I mean, we, we struggled quite a bit finding elk took seven days to even find them. Is there anything that you learned from that perspective that you think we'd do different or anything along those lines? Well, once, uh, yeah, once we found them, um, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's a lot better to hear them being vocal. I guess it's more exciting, uh, at least for me anyways. Um, I hate to relate it to spring gobbler, but, uh, if the turkeys aren't gobbling, it's just not fun to hunt them. And, um, you know, being new to elk hunting, that's the closest thing I can relate it to. And uh, when you don't hear them go off, uh, it's, it's very disheartening. We knew they were there, but we still didn't quite get them to bugle. Um, you know, the only thing I guess then is, would be, provided we had more time, would be to start still hunting into the bedding area, trying to keep the wind in our favor and, and trying to uh, basically catch them in their beds. Yeah, and with that, I mean, in, in past experiences, it usually results in us blowing them out. Um, cause they, no matter what, usually see it before them, but that's really kind of what it came down to. And none of the, none of the elk really wanted to, to play from a vocal standpoint, unfortunately. But I mean, that just kind of comes back to that's, you know, elk hunting. It's not all fun and games. And like, I mean, if you listen to even some of the really successful elk hunters, what you see in the video and stuff is just small clips of, you know, long, long days of elk hunting and there's way more lows than highs when it comes down to comes down to it and that's i mean that's that's really what it is you have to go into that expecting i mean you, you don't want to go in expecting you know negative results that's not what i mean but you need to go into it with a mindset that you're going to be put in very uncomfortable places and and a lot of times doubt all your decisions that's for sure well and then the other part of it is um I mean, yeah, it, you're out here to shoot an elk. I mean, that's why you're out here. But but as we talked, uh, I think it was on day three when we sat over that wallow, you know, we both agreed that we could probably sit there the rest of the week and maybe have a chance of an, at an elk. However, you're not going to see the country. You're not going to see the different parts of, of the, you know, the, the areas. 
And that, that's part of, uh, to me, that's part of being out here right now anyways, being new to this and uh, uh, to the mountains. Uh, yeah. No, that, that's right. I mean, you, you, you have to go into it, you know, looking for the entire experience and not just, you know, killing an elk. Because with, I mean, specifically in the unit we're in, I think the success rates are 6 or 7% for archery hunters, and that's either sex. So it's not very very high results but uh, like i've said before it's it's an experience definitely well um something that's worth doing i guess and you just have to realize that it is extremely tough yeah it's it's very physically and mentally challenging and actually i think the real work begins when you do shoot one <laughs> yeah yeah we haven't we haven't got to that point yet but yeah no, that's that's very true and yeah, they, um, it's, I, I don't know how to, how to explain it without really being there and being able to show you what it's like, but you're just constantly putting on miles, searching for elk, I mean, because you, you got to move. And I think the biggest lesson for me out of this was being able to adapt. So we went into it, knowing where elk were in the past, so went straight up to you know eleven thousand feet in the same basin of valleys that we've got into in the last couple of years and they just weren't there so we could have spent the rest of the trip at that location or we did what we did was just keep moving and try to find them and it literally took seven days to find them we went anywhere from twelve thousand feet down to eight thousand feet and just about anywhere you know in between so that's that's difficult, but again, that's that's elk hunting, and, it's, and it sucks because, like, you know, the elk are in some of these other places, but either they're not talking, they're not making themselves visible, whatever it may be. It's it's difficult to to really put your finger on it, and you can't. I guess you can't really play into their games. You just got to keep moving until you figure out what what you're looking to get out of that experience, and and hopefully find elk at that point. Agreed. Yeah, so that was that was some of the biggest takeaways from the first half of this trip. Um, my my trip is not done yet. I still am going to meet up with another group of guys, and we'll be still recording this daily podcast. It'll be a pack-in trip. Um, we're going to be packing in, uh, I believe, eight miles or so, eight or nine miles uh, with horses to help us pack the gear back in. We'll be walking alongside the horses and I'll be staying there for five or six nights, I believe. And that'll round out the trip. So hopefully the bulls are fired up by that point. And it's a different unit. So things can be, you know, completely switched over from that side of things. And hopefully the elk hunting activity is a little bit, little bit hotter there. But nonetheless, again, it'll be a new area, new experience, new people, everything else. So there's, there's a whole lot to look forward to with it. But I definitely enjoyed this day off, um, being able to, to, you know, recuperate, get a shower, sleep in a hotel room, everything along those lines. That was that was a big deal. So and and also this this trip I think showed no matter how how prepared you think you are or anything else, you know, I, I wouldn't I didn't expect to say, you know, kill one on this these first eight days. But I really expected to have some encounters and, you know, opportunities with it. So that was, that was, uh, it's a difficult pill to swallow. But again, 
it's elk hunting it's tough and there's a reason why the success rate is so low so any uh any last thoughts dad no i i enjoyed the week uh yes it was very difficult like i said mentally and physically but uh overall i'd do it again um um but yeah this is uh this will be my last podcast with you and uh but yeah it was a it was a it was a very good week uh, other than us killing an elk yeah yeah definitely so hopefully hopefully next time that'll work out uh for your next trip out here whatever state it may be for elk uh, hopefully that the third time's the charm for you and hopefully that's still a charm for me or anybody in my group here in the next uh the, ne- the coming days here so tomorrow morning drop you off the airport and we're out and uh today is september 9th so september 10th we'll be heading back in and like i said i'll be taking all the podcast equipment in and recording from the tent every night so a little bit uh a little bit different different story there all right we'll talk to you tomorrow Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.